Hi, I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Be sure to subscribe for the latest updates and new episodes to this podcast. You can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Catch us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 on Facebook Live. Also, this Sunday, we'll have an outdoor service at 9 a.m. Like Pastor Adrian said, my name is Jared Link. I'm the campus minister for our East Rock campus. Uh, We are moving as quickly as you can towards February 2021. Uh, It's hard to believe that July is already upon us. Uh, But even through a pandemic season, uh, God's favor has been undeniable as we have been working in and throughout the community. Uh, We hosted our first in-person event here a couple weeks ago. Many of you were there. It was so good to make some connections and watch you guys connect with one another and find out who all is being stirred, whose heart's being drawn towards the East Rock community. So it's great to be with you. And as we go through next year and as we turn to a church with multiple locations, you might see me back and forth. Adrian might be speaking in East Rock and I might be up here occasionally. So this is just a preview of maybe what uh, life with multiple locations is going to be like. So it's great to be here. It's a humbling opportunity. So we're going to dive into today's word. We are continuing in our series called A World of Difference. We're on part two And this is going to be titled around the idea of on the home front, on the home front. So if you'll remember last week, I encourage you, if you haven't, if you were not able to catch up, if you weren't able to watch it live, to go back and and dive in deep to that first section with Pastor Adrian. He talked a lot about how we are one in Christ, that in a world that is extremely diverse and somewhat polarized in this season, that we are truly one in Christ, and that we are to be bridge builders to those who are maybe don't share the same culture as us or don't speak the same language as we do. We are called in Christ to be bridge builders, to move in compassion to other people. And so that idea is an idea of go. And If you've been around the church this year very much, you know that our word for the year is go. And that seems a little odd because we've been under lockdown for most of the year. But I'm telling you, friends, the church has been going nonstop this year. There has been so much good stuff, so much love pouring out in the community that the church has not stopped going. And so we are living the mission of go. And this idea, this call to go, this, this pull towards others is not a new idea. Uh, we are all familiar with Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus gives us the great commission. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But the reality for most of us is is that we have jobs, we have commitments, we have responsibilities that kind of keep us pretty anchored. And if you're like me, the thought of hopping on a plane and flying around the world kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit. That's not really my thing. But as we have witnessed in this pandemic season, we can go right here. And as you dive into the original language of that verse, it's really... It's kind of the sense of as you go. It's not start out a mission and take off, though that is important and there's a call for that. But this is an idea that we are to go all the time, that our essence is going. We're constantly missional. We're constantly loving. We are making disciples. So if you're like me and travel is not really your thing, there's still room for you. And a lot of that centers around our neighbors. 
And this idea of loving our neighbors is not a new one. It shows up in Leviticus, third book of the Bible, Leviticus 19, verse 18. It says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself, for I am the Lord. And so this idea of going and as we go in our our home context and loving our neighbor has been around a while. It's close to the heart of God. As you come into the New Testament, you hear Jesus say things like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I have a distinct memory of my grandfather. Would Every time I was starting to act up a little bit or be mean to someone else, well, he would pull that out. That was his card that kind of got, that called me back to attention, do unto others. So this idea of loving. And Jesus gave us these words identically, and, and he called it the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. This idea of those who we do life with, we are to love as ourselves. James picks up the idea as well in James chapter 2, verse 8. He calls it even the royal law. He says in chapter 2, verse 8, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing good. So we see that tie between loving our neighbors and being good, doing good, and how they're so closely connected. Listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say in Romans chapter 13. If you have your copy of Scripture or your version, Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse 8, Paul says, let no debt remain outstanding. So don't owe anybody anything. Don't find yourself in debt for anything else. He says, let no debt remain outstanding except, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Verse 9, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. For love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, Love is the fulfillment of the law. Did did you grasp the significance of what he says there? When he says that all the other commandments are summed up in this one thing. Now, Paul was well-versed in the Jewish scriptures. The law would have been very familiar. It It was a faithful friend to them. And he says, look, all of that is summed up when we get a hold of this idea of loving our neighbors. Those who we do life with, when you walk out of your house and you look left and you look right, that's your neighbor. And he's saying if we can get that, that that is the fulfillment of the law, and he's pointing us in that direction, that that is the ultimate fulfillment for love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever other command there may be, is summed up in one. Love your neighbor as yourself. You might ask if it's that easy, why is it so hard? I don't know about you, but I've heard that command for, let's just call it 30-some years. It begs the question, why doesn't our world look any different? I mean, I, I watch enough news to know that it's kind of a mess out there. Why doesn't the world look any different? If it's as simple as loving our neighbor as ourself, why does it look any different? I think there's a lot of factors here, and I'm just going to speak from a little bit of my journey that there's a lot of complicating factors to loving your neighbor. 
Because I think we, we set through messages like this. We, we are so determined to love because, right, it's the second greatest commandment. We've got to pull this off. We are doing good if we can do it. So we leave a message like this bent and determined to love, and we run smack into the brokenness that is in the world all around us. We run right into, we have an encounter with that person who absolutely drives us crazy. And we're just like, really, Lord? And if that person's sitting beside you, it's not a good time to look at them. Just keep, keep looking at your phone, looking at the screen. But we run into that brokenness, that, that hurt, and it's kind of like, it, it pushes us back. We have gone out with such fervor, with such uh, excitement to, I'm going to do this, I'm going to love, but I think we're doing it in our own power. And when we run into that brokenness, we run into those people that are different than us, that are highly valued, but yet they're still different, we sometimes pull back. We even have the tendency to write people off, and we kind of just revert back a little bit. That excitement fades. How about when we encounter someone of a different culture? I mean, we, we're in Rockingham County. We are blessed to be a very multicultural community. How about our determination to love when we have to cross a language barrier? That's challenging. It's real. And so when we go out in our own determination to love our neighbor, we hear the call to go and make disciples, and we, but we encounter barriers. We hit hurdles. We have to climb somewhat challenging aspects of that. I think the tendency is that when we're in our own, uh, our own motives, our own efforts, we tend to kind of just fall back. Man, that, I, I'm just going to go back here to, to the folks who are a little bit more like me. That's a, that's a little easier to deal with. I, can, I may be a little better equipped for that. What about when we encounter those folks who have a completely different lifestyle than we do? We go, what? Well, that can't, we, I can't possibly be asked to, really, Lord? You, you're asking me to cross that, bur- no, I, 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 Lord, I can't. I, my love, I can't, I just can't. And so we, we pull back. And this is all often so well-intentioned and it's coming from such a good place in our hearts that we, we think it's gotta work, it's gotta work. We are going and, and doing this one-on-one, it's gotta work, we've gotta love. But the truth today, friends, is that our resolve alone cannot bear the burden of the world's brokenness, but Christ can. Our resolve to love our neighbor alone cannot bear the reality of the extreme brokenness that is in our world. And when we are going on our own, when we are set out determined that we're going to do this, we're going on our own. And we will be utterly crushed by the reality that exists in this world. But friends, there is great news that the cross has borne that burden for us. It has borne the burden for the world. So when our resolve is not enough, it is sufficient to say, but Christ can. The cross can bear the burden of the world's brokenness. There's great news today, friends, in the fact that the command, this desire that we have, that we've often set out on to love our neighbors, is the second command. It's not the first. There's great hope in that it's the second because you already in your minds are thinking what the first greatest commandment is. Jesus speaking in Matthew 22 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Did you get the emphasis that our first call, our first responsibility is to love God with our all? That's where, to me, I think this hinge pin is in this whole message is right there, is that we, we set out a lot of times on our own. We need to be setting out in Christ alone and engaging our world. The reality is, is that when we love God with our all, we are opening our hearts to his infilling. His spirit is the overwhelming resource that is alive and thriving in us. We're not trying to engage one-on-one with the world dealing with our own issues out of our own brokenness because when we are loving God with our all, we have surrendered and we have received his filling and we have a new source. This is not a system update for your Android or your Apple. This is an entirely new operating system that we can draw from, that we live out of, that we engage others from. It's an entirely new source of life and love in our world. That's the hinge pin of how we accomplish the second commandment. Pastor Adrian has asked us to be praying at 518 out of the 2 Corinthians 518 idea. If you back up one verse to 2 Corinthians 517, that's the idea of this renewal, this entire new life being poured into us. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. We have a whole new source of life in Christ. We have an entirely new nature that we can live out of. We don't have to engage and interact with our world responding from our brokenness. We can respond from the overwhelming resource of Christ alive and dwelling within us. Say, well, what difference does it make? Why is that the pin that this all hinges on? What difference does it make? I would propose to you today that it makes a world of difference. That when we love Christ, when we love the Lord with our all and his spirit is alive in us and we are seeking him and we are surrendered to him, that it makes the world of difference as we go. As we try to respond, as we do respond to this call to go, to engage, to be bridge builders, it makes a world of difference. I think there are pretty four distinct ways that as we put on this lens, I tried to find heart-shaped sunglasses for this message and I just didn't pull it off. But as we put on this lens of God's love, and a lens is really not even the right analogy because it's a new source within, but it changes how we view our world. And I think that shows up in what, what I think is four ways. And so God's love alive in And through us, first, it affirms value in others. R.S. Taylor says, when we love people through our love for God, then we see them as God sees them. And our love for them is shaped by our love for God. Only then is it holy and safe. Taylor goes on to say, this imparts to our love not only a deeper intensity, but a different quality. Let me catch that again. God's love not only imparts to us a deeper intensity, but a different quality for which we engage the world. 
what this happens, this purifying love allows us to see others the way God sees them. Because the reality is, is that we are all created in his image. We are all created with a purpose. We were made to worship and praise and serve almighty God. We were made for that. And sin entered the world and changed the trajectory. So whatever brokenness, whatever outpouring we might see coming from our broken world, those folks were made in the image of God. And they have value beyond measure because they are made in his image. When we get the hold of this idea, when Christ's love is alive in us and we are valuing people as God values them, that no longer lets us push back and say, not my mess, not my problem. Because whoever's in that mess, whoever's in that challenge is of immeasurable value to me because I am viewing them through God's eyes. It's a game changer in affirming value in others. And another aspect, another facet, if you will, of of how we value others when we are loving through God is that God's love is always driven by a redemptive quality. God sees the need for redemption just like he saw it in my life, just like he sees it in your life. God sees the need for redemption in everyone's life. And so as we engage a broken world, We have to see through the lens of God's love that there are people, everyone we encounter is a son or a daughter of the king. They were made in his image. They were made for more. Taylor goes on in his book and he says, it's speaking of God's love. He says, its sights are never just temporal, never just physical, but also and most profoundly spiritual and eternal God's love is superior, therefore, to the love of natural man because it sees the whole man and the whole need. God not only sees the temporal needs, but he always has an eye on the eternal and the spiritual. And as we get his lens, as we look through his lens at our world, that'll change our perspective. Secondly, I think God's love in and through us causes us to identify with brokenness. So as we have gotten this lens of God's love in, and it's the resource of life, it transforms our perspective. And once we see that everyone is valued, that everybody we encounter, no matter whether they're on the news or your Facebook feed or whatever, they are people of value. Through God's lens, we see through outer manifestations. We see through outer brokenness to the heartfelt need for Christ. Since this is not about me anymore, right? I'm not getting hung up on what their outer manifestations are of that brokenness. Because I've put me aside and I'm looking through the lens of God's love. I can see that someone that maybe responded nasty to you or someone who is acting out is very likely just responding from a place of brokenness. And as we engage, as we start building the bridge through working in and through God's love, and we start to identify with this, we take on some of that pain, some of that brokenness as our own because it is breaking the heart of God. Therefore, it has to break ours as well. We cannot help but to identify with brokenness, to share and even use the term agony that we see our world in because we see value and we see a need for redemption in their life. 
thirdly, I think the lens of God's love stirs within us a holy discontent. A holy discontent. Because everyone we see is is now someone of value, who's someone that matters. And we can identify that there's a lot of needs, that there's a lot of brokenness in this world. And when Christ's love is alive and flowing through us, we have this discontent because there's a gap. There's a gap. There's an overwhelming gap there that we desire to overcome with God's love. We desire to build a bridge to reach their temporal and spiritual and eternal needs. There's a desire to do more. There's a holy discontent. When we pray, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is no longer just a recited prayer. That is the groan of our heart that we so desire to see God's reign, to see God's rule in effect on the planet that we call home, in your house, in your place of employment, in your school. We want to see his kingdom come. That means his rule of love and righteousness and value and peace and hope, all the good things. We are crying from a place of holy discontent that, Lord Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a heart cry from holy discontent. And finally, friends, love moves. Love goes. This holy discontent, this cry of our heart to see God's kingdom come causes us to go. We cannot sit idly by watching people of value that we can identify with their brokenness, that we are, uh, have a holy discontent over. We cannot sit back and change the channel anymore. The life of Christ in us goes. We see how the love of God went and came And that he came for you and he came for me to Calvary. Love moves. Love goes. And friends, I'm not here to promote a social gospel. That's not my intent at all. I am proposing that this is living, active heart holiness. That when the love of God is poured in us and we receive him, that we cannot sit still anymore because people of worth and value are broken. And they need to hear the good news of Jesus. They need to have clothing and shelter. They need tangible needs met. We are motivated to build bridges, to actively engage the mission of God in our time, in our context. The thing about God's love is it doesn't excuse sin. The cross proves that. Sin can be forgiven, We don't have to go excusing, totally forgetting everything, but we can work in grace and love, and we can extend the same grace to those folks we encounter that God extended to us. I've said it often, I'm a big consumer of grace. That means I need to be a big giver of grace. So what does it look like? What does it look like when we shut down our screens, when we step out into the world, what's it look like? Friends, it starts with opening your heart to the Lord. Don't hold back. Give your all to him. When 
Jesus said the most important thing is that you love God with your all. We've got to start there. We all start there. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all start in need of a Savior. So what does it look like? It looks like a nature change. Exchanging my old life, my old operating system for new life in Christ. That his kingdom might be fulfilled and realized in me and in my time. We must give God full control. Where does it go from there? God's the author of your story. If you're in surrender, he's going to lead you. But the truth is, when you get up from your knees from praying and inviting God to fill your heart, you're going to bump into someone that you can show love to. It's going to happen immediately. You will have opportunity to show love. And so this idea of loving and seeing through God's lens starts in our very own context The call to make disciples happens in your home. It happens in your workplace. It happens in your community. It happens right here. You remember that great commandment, the great commission? He says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Did you know that within the city of Harrisonburg, there are 46 different countries represented? We can fulfill that commandment by driving 10 minutes from this location if we are willing to build a bridge, a bridge of love, a bridge of God's love that we can engage the world with his love, with pure love. Even within our own church walls, there are 20 different countries represented within our third service, our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters. Friends, God has brought the nations to our doorstep. We have an opportunity to love right here and to love the nations from our home. As we consider this, as we consider what surrender, what God's infilling love looks like, some of you are gifted in such that you are already thinking of ways that you can engage, that I can have friends over, I can do this. That is good. Go. Follow God's leading for your context. But if it's somewhat of a, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to just take a moment and brag on my church here. There are a lot of ways that we can love our community through our church. Hope Distributed gives weekly food, clothes, furniture to people in need, meeting tangible needs right here on our property. That's a bridge that we can build in love. And we can join in the good work. We have witnessed through this COVID season the opportunity to need a neighbor and be a neighbor. That's building bridges. That's going out and engaging the world through the lens of God's love. Best week ever is coming up. There's another way, but it is so much more than one week. It's a lifestyle change of love. And we talked about the East Rock campus. That is building a bridge to another community that we can share the love of Christ. As the band is coming today, there's a world that needs a difference out there. Will you be the difference? Will you open your heart to the Lord Surrender fully to him, taking in, drinking in his spirit, taking on his overwhelming resource 
Live forgiven, live free, live surrendered and make a difference in your local context because the world of difference that's gonna be made is gonna start right here. It's gonna start in your home, it's gonna start in your school, it's gonna start in your place of employment. Will you be available? Will you be available? Your Pastor Julie and Miss Sarah opened up with the parable of the talents. What happens when we, when we take money out of that equation and we consider the riches of Christ that we've been given? What happens when we frame that parable in light of all of Christ has done for me? The servant who turned around and reinvested and made his life, made his effort about his master's interest was praised and was rewarded for that. But the one who received that and hid it in the ground was called a wicked servant. We have a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility to love those right here within our own context, within our own community. And there's something that's pretty neat in that parable. It's kind of subtle, but there's a time element that the master's returning. And friends, there is a time element to God's kingdom. He is returning. Will we be found investing? Will we be found investing the love that he has so graciously and lavishly poured into us, into others? Will you be available? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we Lord, as we hear the call to go, that, Lord, we will first hear the call to love you with our all. There is no greater commandment than to give our all to you, Lord Jesus. Father, may we start there. May we give our all to you and loving you and allow you to transform our lives, our hearts, so that we are no longer operating from a place of brokenness, but we are operating from a place of new life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the great grace that you have shown us, that you have shown me. Father, help us to see the world as you see May we see those all around us with the value that you see. Help us to identify with the brokenness. Stir in us a holy discontent that won't allow us to sit idly by. Lord, that we would be investing, that we would be giving back, that we would be putting to work what you have poured into us. Lord, for your glory, for the redeeming of man, May we be bridge builders. May we see your world of difference. Do it in our time, Lord. Do it in our time. May your kingdom come. And may your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. 
As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.